You need to slow down, baby My whole team catch them low down, baby I'm a hero in my hometown, baby Stop talking, just go down, baby Shoot on my chest, shoot colors like a Care Bear 116 rushing yards, a touchdown, 19 fantasy points, and your number 22 ranked running back in PPR leagues. That's Carlos Hyde. So, Scott, I really like steak. Is steak off limits? No, we could get whatever you want if it goes down. I mean, look, we we <laughs> are in Louisiana, so, you know, there is a, a little voodoo and stuff. I, I might just go get a voodoo doll. Carlos Hyde, man, uh, He's become a shocker this year. And you know, we, we were touting Duke Johnson. My Carlos Hyde top 36 love was just based on the fact that Kansas City would score a lot and they needed someone to be that goal line back, and that didn't happen. Yet he's still looking decent. He's getting volume. I'm shocked by it. But nonetheless, Carlos Hyde, the year of Carlos Hyde in top 36, I suppose. Andrew Sherry here with Scott Smith, Four Downs Fantasy Football Podcast. We're talking a little bit of waivers and some buy lows today. Um, you know, it's funny. We talk about Carlos Hyde, Scott. Um, you know, week one, he was a waiver wire guy. Now we're into, you know, we're entering week seven territory. And there's not a lot of running backs on the waiver wire. I kind of feel like this has been just a string of week weeks, uh, should I say, for waiver wire players. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad across the board. I mean, let's just get into it. I mean, we, we've got guys that, that are on bye weeks and the guys that are on bye weeks from a running back standpoint. You're talking about Nick, Christian McCaffrey, guys like that. And you're just not replacing any of that off of the waiver wire. So the waiver wire is not quite as important this week as, as what you would expect, really. Um, if you're looking at it, you're, you're kind of looking at Chase Edmonds maybe as your top guy. Um, he's a guy we kind of hit as a deep sleeper in, in some of our preseason shows, and I think he's looked good within that Arizona offense that's starting to, to click a little bit more and move the ball. And you're seeing David Johnson a little bit banged up, so Chase Edmonds is kind of getting some some run out there, and, and he's a guy that's possibly sitting on your waiver wire right now. Uh, Jamal Williams out in Green Bay. I, I know, um, you know, we were so excited that Aaron Jones kind of started taking the lead in that backfield, uh, and then we see him back on the field and healthy. And he looked he looked good running the football last week. Do we think it's kind of going to be a running back by committee out there in Green Bay? Because I think you could find Jamal Williams on your waiver wires probably still today if people weren't paying attention. Yeah, I showed Jamal Williams being uh basically seventeen percent owned between uh, ESPN and Yahoo leagues and. I, look, it's it's pretty much been over the last few years a, a Jamal Williams Aaron Jones split. It's it's been about sixty forty in favor of Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams has actually been what really holds back Jones from from being that breakout consistent, you know, week to week running back one. We saw what Aaron Jones did and how he exploded with Jamal Williams out, but it, it seems and we saw Aaron Jones, you know, drop a touchdown and it's throws like that and plays like that with some fumbles mixed in and miscues is I think why that Green Bay coaching staff and Aaron Rodgers prefer to have Jamal Williams mixed in more than what fantasy owners would like. We Let's go to the wide receiver position. I know we're starting to see Alden Tate really start to explode in Cincinnati. I feel like some people signed him uh, to their waiver wires, I should say. <laughs> Not literally, but they grabbed him a few weeks ago, and then we saw him kind of fade a little bit. But now he's propping back up to where he's starting to look like a real prospect. And I really think we're seeing A.J. Green get moved. So that feels like it's going to open the door for Tate. So would Tate probably be your your top waiver wire wide receiver if he's still available? 
Yeah, for me, I think easily uh, the big number that I look for with Auden Tate is that he's had 34 targets in the last four games, um, 12 targets for 91 yards off five catches there in week six. So he's getting the volume. I mean, he's only had four fewer targets over the last four games than what Tyler Boyd has had. So you you like the volume. He And look, some of the catches he made, I don't know if you saw him extend, but he's a, a, a big wide receiver and he extended for the ball and made some nice good catch radius catches that that you don't see many players make um he was pretty highly touted coming out of florida state but because of his size and and some remembrance of uh kelvin benjamin a lot of teams passed on him but he he stuck on the cincinnati practice squad and got moved up to active roster and he's, he's done well with the opportunity he's got there in a, a cincinnati offense that's oftentimes playing from behind but they're still moving the ball at a decent rate is there anyone else um, kind of on the waiver wire, Scott, that we haven't really brought up that you think could make an impact? Because I feel like some of your targets, at least in the meantime, should just kind of be like, I guess, kind of wait and sees. I know we're, you know, there's some Jamison Crowder who gets who Sam Darnold loves uh, out in New York. I know Robbie Anderson. I think two weeks ago we talked about that. I um, and I actually think Sam Darnold himself. Um, while you talk about those position players, and I'm going to bring up a, uh, a stat about Sam Darnold for later this year, Scott. Well, look, I, I don't think there's any reason. I mean, if Jamison Crowder is sitting on your waiver wire, he should be snatched up immediately. There's there's no reason. I actually have him as a buy low candidate because I don't see him being on too many waiver wires. But, but look, we're talking 26 targets over uh, the two games that he's had with Sam Darnold this, this year. So he... He is like easily the the top target that that got you know guy as far as the wide receiver core and who Sam Donald's looking to, you know that number could come down a little bit with with you know Herndon finally getting back. But but look, Jamison Crowder has the mo- he's the most targeted wide receiver from the slot after you know the one and only Cooper Cup. So. I think when you look at things, you, you want to go ahead and buy in and, and get cheap volume, and that's exactly what Jamison Crowder offers right now. And I think with all of the the New York Jets players, I, I, I think we kind of have them all listed as buy low candidates, you know, go target their owners with, with some, you know, decent you know offers like don't not necessarily lowball offers but I, I think you, you can get decent value for for cheap there with those Jets players if we look at the the schedule they have over the next eight games there you go you mentioned that week nine through 14 this is the I, I've I, I've snatched up Sam Darnold in a lot of leagues especially two QB leagues I think you need to target him if he's if he's still available weeks nine through 14 that's kind of that important push to get to the postseason He's got Miami. That's the number. He's got Miami twice in there. That's the number one worst defense against fantasy quarterbacks. And he's got New York, their seventh worst. Washington's fifth worst. Oakland's ninth worst. Ninth worst. And Cincinnati's in there too. They're the fourth worst. So a lot of good matchups for Sam Darnold. So do we think that Sam Darnold and these Jets playmakers could be important important guys to have during that stretch toward, uh, at the end of the year? Yeah, I think so. Just from you know, a quarterback standpoint, I, I think Sam Darnold with the, the the stretch of games that he has, like, allows you, if you have a, a, a decent or, you know, a good starting, starting quarterback, I would actually maybe even move a quarterback and play Sam Darnold along with uh, somebody else from a matchup standpoint. I, I think you could even, you can even go like the Josh Allen, Sam Darnold route and, and string quarterbacks that way and just play matchups and maybe move your, your better starting quarterback and, and for a 
you know, either running back, tight end, or, or wide receiver if you you know, need help at one of those positions. I, I think it's definitely viable to, to really target this Jets offense over the next few weeks. Uh, if, if Hunter Henry's out there, jump on him, right? Yeah, uh, Hunter Henry was available two weeks ago, and I uh, went ahead and jumped on him, stashed him on an IR, and today I actually just went ahead and dropped OJ Howard. I'm done. I, I don't care if he gets <laughs> traded to another team. I'm just through with OJ Howard. So I just, to me, I, I felt like it was a, a a good a good swap just to get you know Hunter Henry off the waiver wire two weeks ago, stashed him on IR, and now that he's healthy, OJ Howard you're out the door. Anybody else that we're forgetting, Scott? No, well, I think I think if you're really desperate for uh, some running back help, I, I think Mark Walton is a decent stash. Um, he actually started over Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balazs. He he looked better with the 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 volume that he got. You know, he he's getting most of the passing work, and you know he can converted you know 32 yards uh, on rushing, but had another 43 yards receiving. So that's not bad work. He's he's apparently you know. Favored over Kenyon Drake, who seems to be in the doghouse. Kalen Balazs has been banged up and, and just basically not playing well. And I, I think Mark Walton's a guy that could be kind of in that Chris Thompson mold. And you're going to see Miami playing from behind the same way you see like the Washington Redskins playing from behind. So I think he's a guy from a running back position that you, you could stash and, and kind of take a few games and see how he turns out. And, and I hit on him every week. Alexander Madison is only rostered in about 20% of leagues. Uh, he has a clear role and is one of the top handcuffs out there. If Dalvin Cook were to go down, Alexander Madison can be a, a league winner. I think he needs to be rostered in all leagues. Buy low, sell high. It's it's, it's, it's a lot of people are going to be getting desperate desperate over these next few weeks. Scott, let's kick it off with some buy low, sell highs. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about this um, beforehand. Who would who, if you had to give your if you had to give out your favorite buy low across the entire fantasy football landscape, who would it be? Well, I mean, it's actually, it's a guy that you kind of hit on a couple weeks ago, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. I think just, look, Will Fuller pisses me off. Like, he's inconsistent. He, he's basically a, a, a low-end version of what Deshaun Jackson was years ago. He's going to be hit and miss, give you those huge games, and then drop three touchdowns like he did this past week. I just think DeAndre Hopkins is too talented not to, to basically break out here soon. The big difference that you're seeing so far is last year he had 15 targets inside the 10-yard line. This year so far he only has one. So I, I think some of this is going to be coming to a head. Uh, I think you know the the there's going to be breakout games. I think DeAndre Hopkins is just too talented to to hold down. I think he's going to start getting some more deep routes. You've been seeing him kind of operate here in the the intermediate and short area with uh, Fuller just getting deep, and I just it, it's just pissing me off that more of the high value targets aren't going on Hopkins' way. So I, I think DeAndre. Andre Hopkins is a buy buy low, and look, I, I'm still willing at this point to to go ahead and, and throw Odell Beckham in that same category. I think you, if you have owners that are are, are pissed off and, and just you know sitting there at, at one and four or one and five, and and they're ready to to make a move, I think you make a move towards one of these players. One of my favorite buy uh, buy lows is I think, and I think honestly, I think after this week, I think he might be free. I think David Montgomery, uh, I'm going to ride that train still. Um, I think he's going to a tremendous buy low. I think, you know, before the bye week, we saw him emerge um, 
kind of as that leading candidate in the backfield. You know, four straight games, double-digit carries. And I think, you know, again, New Orleans, amazing against running backs. It's not going to be his week. But after that, you know, it gets a little easier. He's got the Chargers. He's got the Eagles, who are tough against running backs. But after that, it gets insane. Down the stretch between week 10 and 16, he's playing top 10 defenses, top 10 worst against running backs in fantasy. I mean, you got KC in there, Green Bay, Detroit, New York. I mean, just I, I love, love, love David Montgomery. I think he'd be a really good buy low. I think I think you look at someone like Sony Michelle, um, is another guy who interests me because I just I feel like he's gonna he he's gonna break out in that offense. Um would you agree with that as well? Uh since we're on topic of running backs. I love David Montgomery, um, but someone like Sony Michelle as well. Do you think we're we're gonna see him get that backfield or do you think it's just gonna be Russian roulette every week? No, I, I think Sony has a, a very specific role within the Patriots offense. And I, I think the Patriots offense is, is having some trouble along that offensive line. And I, I think that's going to require them to go to a little bit more play action. And look, you, you look at Sony Michelle down the stretch last year. I think as the, the weather starts to get colder, that's when you're going to see the Patriots offense start to lean more and more on Sony Michelle. So I do like Sony Michelle as a buy low. And look, another guy that I'll throw in there is Royce Freeman out in Denver. You know, Philip Lindsay's currently the running back 13 as far as PPR scoring, and he's got four touchdowns. But if you start looking at, at the splits, both from a snap standpoint and, you know, even from a touch standpoint, look, Royce Freeman's right there with him. He just hasn't gotten into the end zone. So uh, one of the things that I like when you look at Royce Freeman is the volume that he's getting in the receiving game. And, and with just the way that Philip Lindsay's built, you could see an injury possibly happen. It's not something you bet on, but I, I think for a guy in Royce Freeman who's gotten double-digit touches in every game but one this year, I think there's still a window to go ahead and, and buy low on him and see him possibly break out later in the second half of the season. My last buy low, do you agree? Travis Kelsey. He's still tight in three on the year, but a lot of people are upset with his performances so far and I really think we're going to see it normalize would you agree that Travis Kelsey could be a good buy low look if you can go ahead and pry Kelsey out of the hands of the owner I think you go ahead and do so it's just it, it's going to take a, a lot to go ahead and, and, and do that um I, I, absolutely I mean I, I don't have Kelsey dropping down really any I still think Kelsey's going to go ahead and and rise to the the top of the tight end list I mean you're talking about tight end three it's really not low i mean you're used to him finishing right there as a tight end one but if, if you can get yeah, Kelsey he, at a he's, reasonable he's been price, averaging like 14 points per game i mean he's not doing what travis kelsey has done in the past we know that's true no i mean i definitely think he's going to bounce back but if you can get him you know from the owner i, I think it's going to take more than what what most people would be willing to give up i th think you definitely go ahead and do it if you can do it on a cheap sell high uh, we love Stephon Diggs. We've always loved Stephon Diggs. Uh, I started him all over the place last week. Did not bench him in one league because I figured if there was a god, he'd be going off against the Eagles, and he did just that, winning me a lot of games. But, I mean, just a really bad secondary, right? So we think Diggs is a is a good sell high right now. You know, I, I hate to say it, um, but I, I'm really split on this because I, I have – 
I have that man love for for Stefan Diggs as as a player. The volume has been up and down, but I think when you start looking at some normalcy and as as time and games go on, you're gonna have a, a lot of things kind of evening out. You you look at Kirk Cousins, and I, I think you you start to look at some of his career averages, and, and right now is he's playing below those career averages. So I would actually expect Kirk Cousins to have a little bit of a bounce back, and I think that includes Stefan Diggs in, in there. But the flip side of the coin, if you're just not comfortable with these up and down games right now, you can't look at where Stefan Diggs is ranked overall in the season because it's basically made up off of this last game and one other game where he went over 100 yards, you know, on a week to week basis. Like you're scared. Look, in one of the leagues, I, I missed out on Stefan Diggs game last week because I started Wolf Fuller. So you could be in that type of situation. And if you are, you know, and, and you've got somebody that wants to give you a hefty ransom for Stefan Diggs. I think it, it's it's more than an easy situation to to go ahead and send a guy like Diggs out. But I could also see Diggs leveling off and, and being more of what he was last year. Um, another guy out, I know, you know, he's your boy. You've seen a lot of him, I'm sure. Uh, Terry McLaurin. I, I feel like he's a good sell high because... I mean, you know, when you talk about Terry McLaurin, he's been fantastic this year. I think really anyone who expected this out of him, you know, coming out of the draft, I think they'd be lying to you. And I know we talked on this podcast about Terry McLaurin and we kind of laughed as we didn't know who he was. But, you know, he's been great. But, you know, moving forward, you know, he's got Minnesota. He's at Buffalo. He's got the Jets. He's got Green Bay in there. Just a lot of bad games. And I, I just I wonder if Terry McLaurin is a sell high. So for me, he's not, and I'm going to tell you why he's not. All right, let's really break down this Washington Redskins offense. All right, so quarterback's not steady, but right now they're going with Case Keenum. Who does he have to throw to outside of of Terry McLaurin? Because Trey Quinn is not getting steady volume. You you look at the tight end position, and Jordan Reed's gone. Vernon Davis has been hurt. Jeremy Sprinkle's garbage. They picked up somebody else off the wall waiver wire so the tight ends completely out chris thompson is hurt with turf toe right now and they're saying that he could miss multiple games uh, you, you're not going to sit there and, and throw the ball to adrian peterson and, and then you know you start looking at paul richardson he got a goose egg this past week against miami so like when i look at it i just think volume has to be forced terry mclaurin's way so Matchup be damned. I just think he, he there's nobody else to to go ahead and, and throw the ball to, and I think more times than not he's going to have enough volume to have you a a, a usable game week in and week out. I, I just don't know who else that within this this Washington offense can can have any semblance of consistent fantasy scoring and output and opportunity outside of Terry McLaurin. I hate planning for it, but you know it's something to keep in mind. He does have the Eagles and the Giants in the fantasy playoff weeks, uh, and we know the Eagles are like I, I'm. I think if I, if I lined up in the slot against the Eagles, I might have a chance. So, some to consider. Um, anybody else who we would probably want to target for a buy low? Because I think you know we. I mean, excuse me to sell high because I know we. You know, there's probably a lot of people who have players and you know who might think that that guy is going to sustain himself. But I mean, there's a lot of guys right now who are just not going to sustain the level of play they're playing at. Look, I, I think there's a serious discussion that needs to be had about Nick Chubb, and, and different people seem to fall on a different side of the coin. And I think the the glaring thing that people are looking at, I mean, Nick Chubb's had a huge year thus far, but everybody's pointing to week 
went week 10 when Kareem Hunt comes back as as basically a, a fall off the cliff time for for Nick Dub. They they just think it's I've heard some people say that Kareem Hunt's the more, more talented back and is going to come in and just take over. I've heard other people say that it's he's going to come in and and split carries, but I think there's multiple things you have to look at. And, and me, I err on the side of Nick Chubb, the player, because I, I think he's been phenomenal behind a shitty offensive line with Baker playing inconsistent week to week. I think that offense absolutely needs to run through Chubb. But you start to ask yourself, how much of Kareem Hunt's production has been because of that Kansas City offense? And then you look at the time that he's had off with the suspension, and in there he's also had sports hernia surgery. So I don't know that Nick Chubb's just this big sell now that everybody is touting him to be just because Kareem Hunt's going to come back. I, I think Kareem Hunt coming back and, and taking, you know, seven to eight, maybe even ten touches a, a game, I think could actually help keep Chubb fresh rather than just taking a pound in that that he is week in and week out. Is it going to cut volume? Yeah, I'd say maybe four touches a game and maybe a little bit of passing work from from Nick Chubb. But look, I, I like Nick Chubb and I don't necessarily see that part of the coin where people are saying just go ahead and you need to sell now and sell high. I mean, am I wrong or do you see this a different way? No, I'm keeping him. I don't I really I just I, I can't really imagine a world where someone as productive as Nick Chubb has been is to where he's just gonna lose that many touches. I mean I, I think you will see a two back a two back system, but I mean I mean, I mean, look, I mean, I guess depending on what you can get, of course. I mean, I think if someone maybe wants to toss you like Le'Veon Bell and a wide receiver too, I'd probably consider because I think Le'Veon's a buy low. So I mean, if someone was like, okay, I'll throw you Allen Robinson and Le'Veon Bell for Nick Chubb, I might consider that. I'd probably do it. I mean, I, I mean, again, I think no, a lot of people won't do that deal, but man, I've, I've seen some trades in leagues. So, I mean, you know, in a situation like that, sure, but. Yeah, man, I I can't really get on board with moving Chubb. I think he's the real deal, and I think we touted him as such, you know, preseason. I mean, I had him high high uh, ranked as high as five, and I think in standard leagues he was arguably I would have taken him in front of David Johnson. So I think Chubb is the real deal, and I think I I can't really imagine a world where you try to move Nick Chubb. I think you'd have to wait for something like that to come to you. Look, I mean, right now we're talking Nick Chubb as the the running back four in PPR leagues. 20 receptions, 26 targets. Uh, I think it's more than reasonable that he could have another 10 to 15 catches over the back half of the season, even with like Kareem Hunt coming back. But let's just say Kareem Hunt doesn't come back healthy. You know, let's say he doesn't assimilate himself into the offense that's struggling right now. You think they're just going to go away from Nick Chubb because Kareem Hunt just shows up? I mean, I, I don't know what more you could get in trade more than than Nick Chubb. I mean, if you're getting, like you said, it maybe if you're you're really weak and, and you go ahead and and get like you said, Livian Bell and maybe a, a tight end help or receiver help, then maybe I could see that. But I, I'm just not on this this sell Nick Chubb train. I, I just I don't know what else you could want. Uh, they're close in the rankings. David Johnson or Nick Chubb rest a year PPR. I think yeah. it's close. I think it's close, man. David Johnson, I mean, we knew he was elite in what and we knew it was so funny because I feel like the, the 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 whole Twitter analytics crew is getting verified right now because last year we saw David Johnson not get used in the passing game at all. And right now, I got to give Cliff props. He is using David Johnson all over the field and he is he's been awesome catching the ball. So, I feel like in a PPR league, I feel like it's close. I mean, the health is a concern, but 
I mean, you got to think. I mean, it's. I think that's close. I think David Johnson has been, for for as bad as his production has been on the ground, I think his fantasy output has been phenomenal, just based off of him being a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, he's he's catching the ball on he he he's basically getting getting open on teams. Like they're they're splitting them out wide. I mean, when you start looking at the overall production, I'm still a little bit more or on that Nick Chubb. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Nick mm-hmm. Chubb like rest of the season. You start looking at the Russian production, Nick Chubb's got 607 Russian yards. David Johnson is 298. You know, I think it's close, though. But, I mean, you're talking 315 yards receiving and, and 30 receptions for uh, David Johnson, but the, there's not that, that big of a, a gap on the targets that, that you might think. There's only 15 target difference between them, but, but look... I just think you look at Nick Chubb and how bad Cleveland's played, and as bad as they played, he's played that much better. You know, he's he's played that well as far as offense. So if that offense actually gets on the right page, you've heard rumors of you know Trent Williams possibly getting traded to to Cleveland. I think before the the trade deadline, they're going to do something to address that offensive line, whether it's Trent Williams or somebody else. I, I think you're going to see Cleveland maybe not play up to the hype that they had in the offseason, but I think they're going to get better, and I think that's only going to benefit Nick Chubb. Anybody else we're forgetting, Scott, and by low sell high? <laughs> not anybody that I can really think. Um, I, I actually, you know, I, I think from a buy low side, I, I think maybe if you can get on the Josh Jacobs hype train, who, he, you know, he's coming off a of bye week. I, I don't really know what owners would take from but go ahead and, and explore you know throw out some offers maybe have a conversation with that owner but I, I think you're going to see Josh Jacobs be a focal point of that Oakland offense moving forward the second half of the season and I expect especially ex- expect him to have a huge week this week for the Raiders coming off a of bye week we talked about Royce Freeman we talked a little bit about Travis Kelsey so we might as well preview the Thursday night game for a quick midweek you know podcast so Chiefs, Broncos, uh, quickly on the Chiefs side of things, Scott. I know we're starting Tyreek Hill. We're starting Travis Kelsey. Um, what are you doing with Patrick Mahomes? I, I find this an, an interesting topic. He's dealing with an ankle injury. It's obvious. He's not 100%. I mean, he's by no means doing horribly. But, I mean, is there a world where you're benching Patrick Mahomes this week? Because I'm tempted to have him outside my top five this week. I think going into Denver, uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. And, He's not healthy. Yeah, I, I don't see a way to to go ahead and bench him. I mean, Tyreek no. Hill's back. We're, we're talking Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's the quarterback three right now. I mean, he, I just... I, Deshaun really Watson be- or Patrick Mahomes? Well, actually, no, no. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. This is a better one. Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson this week? Whew, um, that's a good one because you probably got Lamar off waivers. So that, I think that's a fair one to say. Uh, I, I'd probably still go ahead and man. I just don't uh-huh. see I don't see benching Mahomes. I mean, Lamar Jackson's up there and and at top of the top of the heat with, with Mahomes, but I, I just I, I don't see I, I just don't see benching Mahomes. I, you don't want to be that guy who's like sitting there with you know call it fear, but you don't want to be that guy that, that misses out on Mahomes going you know four hundred and four touchdowns. If Mahomes, I, just, go, I will null and void our hide bet if he goes 404 in Denver. Well, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> think he's that's what he's going to go, but uh, I just 
it, it's you, look, you're looking at a, a really good situation if you have Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, on the week, I actually have Patrick Mahomes ranked third. I have Lamar Jackson ranked second, you know, playing against Seattle. I have Deshaun Watson number one. I mean, if you've got two of those guys on your team, then you're doing yourself a disservice because one of them needs to be traded for assets on a different team. So I just think that's the route you go. I mean, a, a better question for me would be, do you play Patrick Mahomes or do you play Matt Ryan? So that's, oh, that's Ryan. my QB4. That's my QB4 against the Rams, who just put a key to leave on IR, traded Marcus Peters, and has Ramsey, who may or may not play. Oh, he's playing. His his back got healed pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what are we doing with these damn running backs? Because Damian Williams last week, I think he got seven touches, and I think they were all in the first quarter. So I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what's going on out there. Well, good thing I don't have any Damian Williams. So okay, but for the decision. people who have Damian Williams, come on now. Look, it's when I watch it, it just looks like LaShawn McCoy is a better running back. It looks like Sean McCoy just makes the better decisions as far as like running the ball, but it looks like Damian Williams is getting the majority of the passing work. So, and then you you, you sit there and you see Daryl Williams mixed in. So that three headed monster is good for nobody for consistency on a week to week basis. I, I think both Damian Williams and Sean McCoy are, are pretty much consistently going to end up like outside of. of you know, my, my top 24 running backs, they're, they're going to be low-end, you know, running back twos for me. And, and have Damian Williams as a running back 26 on a week. So that's, that's pretty much where I have him. LaShawn McCoy sitting there right inside the top 30. And then, you know, you have to kind of guess what Darrell Williams and what he's going to get, who's actually, to me, looked like the best running back of the three on the year. I agree. I agree completely. I think I think Darrell, I, I like Darrell Williams. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by Darrell Williams. I just, it's just, it's an unknown what they're going to do with him, obviously, moving forward. But he's been uh, – I think I think Darrell Williams is the reason why Carlos Hyde was kicked to the curb, put it that way. Um, over on the Denver side of things, are, is Royce Freeman kind of that flex play? Because I know we're starting Phillip Lindsay. Um, you know, you're starting Phillip Lindsay, you're starting Sanders if he goes, and you're starting Cortland Sutton. Are those really the only three guys in the offense, or are you adding Royce Freeman to that? Yeah, Royce Freeman's going to be my running back 25 on the week, um, you know, is, is where I'll basically have him pack for tomorrow. I think he's right there outside of, uh, you know, the, the running back two. So I, I kind of have him as a flex play. I, I think it's just a matter of time before he gets into the end zone. Uh, I think this this Kansas City like defense is just good to go ahead and run against. And, you know, I, I think actually I really like Cortland Sutton this week to have a, a huge week as well. So I think with those three guys, you find a way to, to go ahead and get them in, in your lineup. Um, the big question is going to be what to do with Emmanuel Sanders, who has been hit and miss. I mean, he, he's had three huge games and he's had three bus games to where he, he's gotten you less than three points. So I, I think that's going to be the – the bigger thing to to really look at from the the Denver side, and, and I, I would just probably err against really playing Emmanuel Sanders. I just don't like players that are inconsistent like that. But he he does have a, a good matchup against uh, either Ward or Breland there, so it'll it'll be interesting to see what he does. But I expect things to go more towards Sutton. Does Noah Fant crack the top fifteen this week at tight end? Whew, that's a good question. Um, it'd be close. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, if if it's really gonna end up being it's a, a shootout, yeah. you know, it, it's it's a decent week to go ahead and have Noah Fanton that that tight end one conversation. I, I think he'll he'll probably be right outside. I'm talking about tight end thirteen is kind of where I tentatively had him have him set for tomorrow. I, I think he's a good option to to go ahead and. Play, but Kansas Kansas City hasn't given up huge numbers to tight ends. But I think if Denver's going to be playing from behind, then they're going to have to get Noah Fant the ball. Anybody else for tomorrow, Scott? As we kind of wrap up our uh, quick midweek podcast. No, I, I don't think there's really anybody else to uh, to go ahead and play. Um, I mean, that's that's really about it. If you, we didn't really hit on it too much, but Sammy Watkins is going to be out, so you might have, be able to get Nicole Hardman or. Robinson in into your lineups there, but you know, depending upon how how much you're struggling at, at wide receiver, and just you know, go ahead and throw them out there as a dart throw and hope they can get a long touchdown. But that's about it. Next Thursday, it's Redskins Vikings, so it's not like the games get any better. Yeah. Moving that's into next good. week, <laughs> but um, all right, well, Scott, where do the people find you on Twitter if they're listening? Yeah, hit me up at Scott Smith FF on Twitter, and uh, as always, hit us down also on Twitter at Four Downs Pod. And uh, look, if you're listening out there on Apple, iTunes, or you know any of the other podcasts, Google Pods, Spotify, if you can, go ahead and give us a review, interact with us, we appreciate it all the time. Yep, and I'm Andrew WXXV, and we will see you guys later this week as we preview Week Seven. Catch you guys later. Blue